0: Welcome to the Kingdom Life San Antonio podcast. For more information about Kingdom Life San Antonio, check out KingdomLifeSA.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. And so what I'm going to talk about tonight, what I'm going to talk about tonight is peace. You know, Jesus said in the Gospels, my peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. So we have it. He says in Proverbs, his peace surpasses all understanding. He repeats it again in Philippians 4, that his peace surpasses all understanding. Referring back to Proverbs. Paul does when he writes to the Philippian church. And so there's something important about peace. But here's the thing. I was going to say it two different ways, but what is stealing your peace, but really it's, what are you allowing to take your peace? Because Jesus said, my peace I give to you, so you have it. We have to give it away. So what are you giving away? What, what, What is taking away your peace? When you give it away, what is it that you're allowing to take your peace? Hey, why don't everybody move in? Everybody move in. Move up, move in. Come on. Move up and move in. We're going to talk. So when we talk about peace, that it's his, the gift that he gives us, my peace I give unto you, come on up. Come on around. And we have to give it up. So here we are in the holiday season. We just had Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Some of you, most of you, all of you, me included, probably were triggered with some of the family dynamics. (laughs) Yeah, amen. A laugh is as good as an amen when you talk about family dynamics. But what what are some of the things that you allow to steal your peace? I wrote some of mine down. I mean, a bad business deal, a deal going south can steal my peace. family dynamics. How about... Just stress of obligation for me. Expectation can steal my peace because there's not enough of me. Everyone has expectation on me. Those are some of mine. What are some of yours? What do you allow to steal your peace? Raise your hand. Assumptions. Assumptions. That's good. That's, yes. Say it. Comparisons, compare, oh, social media comparisons, big one. Everyone else peaceful? (laughs) Division. Division, okay, that's one of your key moments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Timeline, so people give you a timeline. You put one on yourself, okay, so sometimes you're not the, someone else in the measuring stick you are, okay, yes. People at work, they steal, you give them your peace, huh, okay. Come on, guys. Everyone else peaceful? Expectations. expectations. That's a good one. This whole section's peaceful. <laughs> Keep going. Guys, until we talk about what, what we allow to steal our peace, we, we're not going to have peace. We're going to have conformed behavior. We're going to conform our behavior to look like, yes, other people's actions that allows you to, that you allow to steal your peace? Paul. One Finances. One in, great health. One in great health. So unanswered prayer sometimes can steal your peace of what you desire. Yes, ma'am. What's that? The past. It's a loud voice, isn't it? It's a loud voice. There's more. <laughs> Some of you just don't want to share it, but in the future, unknown. The unknown can steal your peace. The uncertainty of the unknown. Yes. Dreams or desires. Dreams or desires. Great. This side actually doesn't have peace in one person. Yep. <laughs> Commitment. Commitment. Okay. Yes. Fear of disconnection. Fear of disconnection. Being isolated sometimes. Right? Isolation can steal your peace. A potential potential stress. Potential tragedy. Is there something specific? Family, kids, yes, all of the above. Come on, what else? Reason I'm asking, yes. Rejection, big one, good one. Fear of rejection, which also takes our peace. If everyone's going to reject me, how do I walk into a room? How to forgive? Unforgiveness, yes. Bitterness, resentment that all comes from unforgiveness. Drinking our own poison. Yes. Okay, not enough. Yeah, not qualified. Can still Yes. Bad habits. Good. We're starting to touch on some. They're getting more personal. Bad habits. How many of you have bad habits? Okay, great. So not everyone's peaceful all the time. You see where I'm going with this? It's like, I don't want to talk at you about peace. I want to learn from you about peace. Because everyone's different. Everyone has different life experiences. And certain things take, something might take my peace that doesn't take Chuck's. And vice versa. Just because you have a specific thing that continually might steal your peace, it might not be someone else's. It doesn't make you worse or weaker. It just makes you different. Certain things trigger you. How many of you, do family, can family members steal your peace? This is a hard one to admit because you love them. But how many of you, okay, let me just do it this way. Who doesn't have family issues that lose your peace? Okay. At least we're all in agreement there. There's a trigger somewhere that all of a sudden we can walk into a situation with family. We just got done with Thanksgiving and we can lose our peace. We can give it. We can say, okay, I'm going to walk into this Thanksgiving dinner. Here's all the family, and I'm going to give all my peace to you, and I'm going to be an anxiety-ridden, triggered person for the next eight hours and drink a lot of wine. The ones that laugh did. <laughs> but is that true? So we have, we have all these things that we want to talk about, but we don't talk about them a lot of times in church because we can talk at you, and peace is something that when Jesus said, "My peace I give to you," and then He always reminds us that His peace surpasses understanding. That means it passes your mind, because if we could understand it in our mind, then it wouldn't surpass understanding, right? Common sense. So it's something that He gives us, but it's something that He allows us or gives us, gives us the freedom to give away. because we walk around stressed out I wanted to I wanted to ask you all that because I want y'all to be involved in your process I want you to be involved in your process of what separ- what nothing separates us from the love of God but there's an intimate issue that relies that is on our side of the equation because when we're not peaceful we feel like we're Oh, something's in sin, I'm disconnected, therefore I must be disqualified, I'm not enough. And all of a sudden we start bowing our head in shame, approaching the th- I haven't had a quiet time, I haven't done this, I haven't done this, I haven't done this, I've been overcommitted. All these things, and we feel guilty and condemned. And he's not that way. At that vision that, uh, who had that? did? Oh, Gerilyn did. It's like this dinner It's it's a cafeteria that's always open. That if you don't come and eat for one meal or one day or two days, you're not condemned. He's a chef that keeps cooking, and he's a chef that keeps feeding, and he wants you to come and eat. But he wants you to come and eat with him and with others. And so many times we just find ourselves with all these things in our life, even our kids, the stress of having young kids. Who has young kids in here? Okay, I have two new grandsons. They're awesome. But, yeah, when they're upset, you can feel the room. We can just, everyone gets stressed. Of course, you, all the young parents are going, I bet my mom and dad's judging me on how I'm raising my children. You know, right? How many of you felt judged by your parents? Yeah, and how you're raising your children. There we go. All of a sudden, you lose your peace because now you want your kids to obey. So you tell them to conform to the behavior that your mom or dad wants. Therefore, they can't be them. Now you started the new cycle in the next generation. <laughs> That's a, a laugh is as good as an amen to me. Am I right? So here we are conform to this behavior. Look this way. Lose your peace. Now the children don't have peace because they have to measure up to an expectation they don't even know about. And so now the next generation goes, okay, how do I find peace? Well, I conform. How do I I make my parents? Well, I conform. And so all these things are happening when they should be coming to us saying, just like Jesus did, come to the table and eat. My peace I give to you. Parents, one thing I learned that I did so wrong with my children, and some of them might be watching, is that I I did not, was not the big initiator of peace in my house. My wife was, I wasn't. So that had to be something that had to change in me in order to communicate to them that the expectation is not out, outward conformity, but inward transformation, where that peace surpasses all understanding. Y'all following? All right. Um, how about one, that, one that's missed? What about, this is one thing I put in my notes because I knew we'd kind of miss it, and I have a slide for it. But I'm going to tip one second: Is what people think of you? How about just what people think of you? How many of you want everyone to like you? How about they want to, they want to you they want you want them to make you think that you're nice and you're funny and you're this this certain shiny self? Anyone guilty of that? Put up the slide. See the empty room? To the person who worries what others think or say about you, here's a room filled with all the people who pay your bills, walk in your shoes every day, determine your future and love your family love your family way more than you possibly could. These are the same people you should allow to discourage you. There is no one that has walked in your shoes in this time in history with your family, with your children, with your circumstances, with your body, with your mind, No one has walked in your shoes to sit in judgment upon you. Not one person. They don't pay your bills. They don't love your family more. That's why that room should be empty. It doesn't mean, because I say it wrong sometimes, and I have a strong personality. I say, I don't care if people like me. I love people. But... If someone doesn't like me on an assumption they won't talk to me about, there's nothing I can do. So why do I make brain space for that? There's plenty of people. Listen, lead a church, you'll find plenty of people not liking you. Plenty, especially in 2020 and 2021, because they all have their opinions about how you should lead. Because their ways are perfect. Because in their life experience, everything is great. And they have all the answers, perfect peace. But all of us are just people walking through life, trying to figure this stuff out, trying to figure out what the best ways, and sitting at the table with Jesus and saying, I'm going to have your meatloaf today, and let's see what that's, what's in it for me with that meatloaf. And you might be eating something else. Because some of us go to the table in need of something that's different than the other ones. But I tell you what, one thing the church has done a really great job of is telling other people how they should live their life. There's one way I think you should live your life, in the presence of God. All the other stuff, we work out in community. Because when we're in the presence of God, he fills us up. And when he fills us up, there's not a lot of room for other things. Except other people. And then when you're in peace and you're filled up, no matter how their personality is, what their personality is, how they rub you, you can have peace in that moment. You can have peace in the moment when you go home and get triggered by a parent or a sibling. You can have peace because you're filled up. You can have peace when someone rejects you because usually when someone rejects you, it's not you. It's them. It's them. The amazing thing is we're wondering what other people are thinking, and they're really not thinking about us. But we worry so much about what other people are thinking, what club they're in, what status they are, what car they drive, how much money they make. I know a lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of unhappy people with a lot of money. And it's something that this younger generation is attributing to success and to happiness is to have a lot more. And some of the most happy people I have don't have much. But it's something, but we lose our peace over striving for something that the the finish line always moves. So we give our peace away to grab something we think is going to bring us peace and happiness. And we run after it and we forget life on the way. We forget the relationships we're in. We forget the people next to us. We forget about how important family is, that we're only here for a short time. Our, our lives, we, we have 18 holes of golf of life. We're here for a short time. And what are we making of this time? What is it this brand that we're allowing our peace to go? So Paul talks about it a couple places. But here's the thing. Here's the, here's the best part about it is. God gave me this about a week and a half ago on a plane. I don't know where. I, guys, I've been traveling i've been gone more than i've been home my wife's been sick for three weeks kelly's been sick for three weeks uh, my mom broke her hip for the second time in nine, in 90 days she's in the hospital down the street it's been pretty pretty busy but on an airplane coming back from la about two weeks ago he gave me this he said joe you could be free of a decision you made yesterday by making a different one today because whatever you're not changing you're choosing Gotta say that again, it's so good. <laughs> you can be free of a decision you made yesterday by making a different one today because whatever you're not changing, you're choosing. Everything we don't change, we choose. If we walk into the Thanksgiving dinner with the family with, an, with choosing, we're cho- we choose to get triggered, or we choose to be on the defensive, or we choose to think we're gonna get rejected, it's all gonna happen. Or we go in differently. If we don't like our job and we're choosing to go to work at a job we don't like, we're choosing that misery. Everything that we have, we have life's choices. Now, some days they're not immediate. There's not like, I'm going to do this today. Sometimes that's not wisdom. But everything we don't change, we're choosing. So what do we want to change if we're not carrying peace? That surpasses all understanding. What do we want to change that we get frustrated with ourselves when we allow someone to steal our peace, do we give it away? What do we want to change? Sometimes it's just a different decision. Because a renewed mind makes different decisions. Always. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn, turn to Romans 12. Everyone knows that I want to read in the Passion, though. And then I want to go into Philippians 4. Beloved friends, what should we be our uh, proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred and and living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your um, genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the idols and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total transformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Let me read that last sign. I love the way the passion describes it. It says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower, empower you to discern. Empowering you to discern means you have a choice. Because you can be you're empowered to discern. Now you choose. God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. I'm not talking long tonight. And if you have your Bibles, Philippians 4, 4 through 8, and this is also in the Passion, you can be saved and, and read the Passion. It doesn't need to be King James. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Let gentleness be in every relationship. How many of you have gentleness in every one of your relationships? I don't. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding, Proverbs 4, there it is, understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic. And real, honorable, and admirable, beautiful, and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you. And and the God of peace will be with you in all things. The God of peace will be with you in all things. If we can just get our ability to have God transform our minds and we can think on the very things of Philippians 4, it's amazing how we won't allow our peace to be stolen. Now, there are circumstances, listen, that will rattle and roll you. And perfection is not the goal. Relationship is. It's in the midst of your worst day sitting at the table and feasting with him. And in the midst of the most trying week that you're actually going back to the table saying, Lord, I need to eat because I'm dying, where he can fill you up with the very things that the nutrients, the spiritual nutrients you need to survive. Because he said, I will not leave you nor forsake you, that he's always with you to the ends of the earth. So we read all these verses, but we panic like he's lying. We read all these verses about his provision, but we are, we're living like we're going to not eat tomorrow. That's why I love that song where, you know, even he, clo- he, he clothes the lilies and feeds the sparrows. What more will he won't do for you? But we worry about those things and we, hey, listen, there, I, can, I can go months on end with no peace. I, I, shoot, I, after 57 years of life, there's a law, I've gone long stretches without peace. And I've sit and, and condemned myself for it. Instead of going, I need to make a different choice today. I need to go back to the table. Because this is the life, this is not the life God wants me to lead. We want to exude peace. The Prince of Peace is one of his names. He's in us. And so when we don't have it, we have to ask ourselves why. Not navel-gazing and condemnation, but asking, what is it, Lord? Like Zach's saying, you know, in my heart, what's, where's, where's this thing going on in my heart where I don't feel this love? You know, what's going on in my heart? Where is it that I'm, what, I, what am I trying to feed that's not at your table? Because there's something going on here. And those are the things that we deal with. That's That's how it happens. I mean, we actually have to deal with the things that are taking our peace. What is it? Let's say it's a dad. We've got to talk to dad. Let's say it's our children. Let's say it's our you know, parents, grandparents, a boss, a friend. Going on with, with lack of peace where that occupies your mind seems crazy. Because the very thing that God wants to see is that that problem solved in your life. And he's there waiting. The table's set. It's just sitting there waiting. So maturity is accepting that you won't get answers to all that hurt you, but you heal anyway. You're never, you could go and try to get all the answers of why someone, something, or somehow hurt you. Some of you might have been hurt by your dad or your mom, and they're not here anymore. You're not going to get the answer. But you can heal anyway because you have a father in heaven who will heal heal you. You might not understand why a deal went bad, but you can heal from it. You might not understand why a brother or sister or a friend left you, but you can heal from it. That's what maturity is. Ephesians 4, that we we have this level of maturity through our intimacy and growth with Christ. And the more that we grow and eat from his table, the more we can handle the very things that we're talking about. Is there anything that you would trade for peace? Think about that for a second. I'm going to ask it that way. Is there anything you would trade for peace? Peace. I'm talking about if you could walk in 24-7, 365 peace, anything you would get for that? Billion dollars, $10 billion dollars? No. But we live like it. Like if you get something, we won't trade for it. But we trade. You can quit, but they both hurt. You can quit, and it hurts. You can keep going, and it hurts. Because you can quit, and you would be disconnected. I think that was someone's earlier said, disconnected, isolated. You can just quit and check out and be this person everyone wants you to be. Almost like the Stepford wife. Yes. Or you can Go on. And it's going to hurt because it takes growth. Remember when, you, when we were teenagers and your growth plates were open up and your knees are sore and you didn't know why? Your Elbows, shoulders, because you were growing. That's what, growing hurts. It's just part of life. It's part of it. Some of you that are vertically challenged didn't feel it as much as us. Chuck? <laughs> I felt it once. Yeah, I felt it a few times. But does that make sense? We can. It hurts to quit. It hurts to keep going. I encourage you to keep going. Find the reasons we don't have, you don't have peace. Find the places where you're losing your peace. Even in your, in your marriage, why is there no peace? Just deal with it now. Because it's going to hurt both ways. Isolation in the home. For the rest of your marriage, rest of your life, or a little bit of hurt and deal with it now. It doesn't go away, but you can form in your marriage. Okay, this is what we do now, isolated lives. You go here, you go here. We just do our thing. What kind of marriage is that? What kind of relationship with your children if you don't want to deal with it, where they don't want to come home? Deal with it, because if it's eating your peace, then you know you don't want to quit on it. You want to go get back something you gave away. And the way to get that back is to go after it, and that is keep moving and don't quit. When a flower doesn't bloom, you fix the environment in which it grows, not the flower. Think about that. When a flower doesn't bloom, you can't fix the flower. You can just fix the environment from which it grows, and that environment can change the bloom. So many of us need to change our environments because we're not blooming. Because you can't get fixed in the wrong environment. In the right in the wrong environment. God wants you to bloom. And I'm just talking about life in general. What's the environment in your house? What's the environment in your family? What's the environment in your job? These are things that you're dealing with. Listen, if this environment, you're only here two hours a week. If this is affecting you negatively, I I understand you need to bloom. Some people need to go somewhere else. But I'm mainly talking about outside of here because this is two hours of a long week. But find that environment where you bloom. What is it? You younger people, make the decision today not to conform to what everyone wants and expects on your life, but actually what does God want for your life, and go there and bloom and find that culture. Don't do what some of the older people did like me, that you go and do what you, you know, you go because you really have to in some regards, and then you forget what you were called to do, and you were, you're not as passionate about what you're doing. You marry out of obligation. You're friends because of you are friends for life. You don't change an environment, but you're wondering why you're not blooming. Sometimes you got to get out of the rat race, get alone, and get to the table. And then listen to the chef. He's sitting there waiting to feed you everything that you need, but we're looking for it in other places, and we're wondering why we have no peace, because it's the peace that transcends all understanding. I don't understand everything that happens to me, so I would love peace that transcends that understanding. This is the key to walking in life because if not, when we don't have peace, we do everything we can to cover. And when we cover, it's just like Adam at the beginning. We're shameful that we don't have this life that we're portraying. We don't have this peace. Well, we go to church every week. I should have all this peace. I read my Bible every morning. I do my utmost for his calling. I worship. I say, ten, you know, whatever it is that you do ritually, and you go, but I don't have peace. Maybe we need to get back to the table and out of the ritual. The ritual ritual is good because study is good. The more we know about somebody, the more intimate we can be. But eventually, the studying has to end and the relationship has to begin in intimacy. And there's nothing better when we're sitting at a table. I get to know more people by sitting at a table eating a meal than I do reading their LinkedIn or their Facebook or Instagram profile. They tell me on those last three things, everything they want me to know about them that's good. But when you go to dinner and you're sitting there and you're having a nice steak or a bottle of wine and you start talking, now you're learning about them, what makes them tick, what makes them sad, what issues they have in their life. You can share your issues. There's nothing like having someone open up when you share your issues because they go, safe place, circle of trust. That's why I try to share as much as I can about me up here, that you feel a freedom to say, okay, us leaders, Chuck and Anna, Jeff and Ann Emery aren't here, neither is Kelly. I mean, this is obvious I'm saying this because you, you spend five minutes with, especially me, you know I'm not perfect. But everybody thinks church leaders ought to act a certain way. Listen, I'm the most salmon. I'm the biggest salmon when it comes to pastors. I swim so upstream. And people don't know what category to put me in. I'll smoke a cigar with you. I'll have a glass of wine with you. I'll drink a scotch with you. I'll go kill deer. That's just me. But if we're sitting and talking, I'll do it all day long. Because if I'm getting to know you and getting to know what makes you tick and the culture for which you bloom, that's worth every minute. And so when you find your people that allow you to do that, where you can have the right culture, where you can bloom. Because aren't you tired of showing up the way everyone wants you to show up? You know, when you show up at certain places, this is who I have to be. It reminds me of Friends. Anybody watch Friends? Fun Bobby. Fun Bobby had to be Fun Bobby. But Fun Bobby was depressed and an alcoholic, you find out. But he had to be Fun Bobby. I don't want to be Fun Bobby anymore. I don't want you to be Fun Bobby anymore. Will you put on this show and not be you because it. You're giving your peace away because you're juggling too many things, of too many expectations that people have on you. Think about it. We're letting other people be the writer of our life. They're writing our screenplay. Listen, I see it in churches all the time. You walk into a a, a, a church, hey brother, hey sister, you know, we get a new language. We get, a, I mean, seriously, it's it's a language. It's a church language. I mean, I go to, you know, we'll go to conferences, and I feel like I'm I'm sometimes at the step for watch, oh, we have to talk a certain way? Here's my shiny self. I'm going to conform. Hello, brother. Hello, sister. You know? God, put a... (laughs) (laughs) Because eventually you have to get over this in order to have that us to, to, to flourish, to have peace, to carry the very thing that Jesus wants us to take into the world because he said, my peace I give to you. He didn't give it to you just for us. He gave it to us so we could pass it on. There's nothing better than somebody that carries peace walking into a tragic moment, an intense moment, a sad moment, and even in a happy moment that carries peace. Into the room. That when you walk in, they just the room goes oh, what shifted. But all of a sudden, a lot of times we come in and carry everything that we have with us beyond that's not our peace. Yeah, I forgot to say this, but you might have to redefine your definition of blooming, and what it looks like. <laughs> You might, have, you might have to redefine it because to some people, blooming is that I do these things. I do these rituals, these Bible studies. I don't cuss. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do this. I don't do that. You know, I don't hang out with people that aren't believers. I, um, anybody that does this thing is definitely I, I'm, I'm off of. That we're redefining what it looks like to bloom when really we're sitting in judgment on a lot of people. We're we're not in the business of judgment. We're in the business of relationship. And in the right culture, anything that's not supposed to be in you comes out. See, Jesus is feeding us food that brings us life. Anything that brings us death, anxiety, all the opposites of the fruit of the Spirit over here, the opposites are usually dealt with in the presence of God. It's almost like an antivirus. The presence of God gets rid of anything that's foreign to the body, mind, spirit, soul. And he comes in and feeds us these things that bring nutrients. like kind of like Anna's kabucha. It does something to you. <laughs> Jesus' kabucha. Patent that. Yeah. <laughs> but does that make sense? Meaning... That at the end of the day, sometimes we can define our own bloom, as, and it's really self-righteousness. But when you walk in with a community with close people, they're the ones that say, hey, that seems a little this, that seems a little that. Not in condemnation, but just with relationship. So if peace is what we're looking for, I'm going to ask the same question again. Is there anything you're willing To take in exchange for your peace. Anything. Name it. Now, in a church, that's a hard setting because you really probably is something. Maybe. But it's hard to say. Because, like I said earlier, we trade for it every day. So, what did we trade our peace for today? Yes. Guilt. Okay. Okay. What did we trade our peace for today? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Say it real loud. Greed. 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 Grief. Grief. Sorry. <laughs> Two big different things. Sorry. Grief. Comfort. Comfort. How many of you wanted to watch football instead of come here? <laughs> what else? What did we trade today? Where did we trade our peace today? If you don't want to say it, that's fine, but I just want people to share. So, people, What did you trade? I oh, made the mistake of looking at the news and the new variant In mm-hmm. New York and all that. Yeah. I usually don't, but... Yeah. Gave your peace to a virus. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, now you know. It's called the Omicron virus. Yeah. Okay, so is there anybody here that didn't trade their peace today? That's all I want to know. Okay, so everybody traded something for their peace. They, they were unpeaceful today. Great. Now what I want to do is we're not comfortable in doing it in a large group. Just pair up, two people. What if we have trouble identifying then when you circle up and pray, ask for God to reveal it. When you're sitting there today, but just two people, just grab two people, three people if you're in threes, share what you traded your peace for today, and then pray about it. Just say, that, hey, here's what I did. I'm worried about this week. I'm worried about this deal. I'm worried about our children. I'm worried about my brother. Whatever it is that we started peace for, we get in the habit of keeping a short leash on what, what we're giving our peace to so we can deal with it quickly. And get back in. My, my wife is great at battling. I mean, battling's a bad word for peace. When she just feels peaceful, man, she just jumps right in to try the, the presence of God and said, Lord, what is it in me? She's incredible at it. I get in my mind first. How can I solve this unpeaceful moment, <laughs> you know? She goes right into the presence of God, and I'm going, I'm still out there going, ah. So what is it in you? Just take a couple minutes. Just a minute. Get with one person. If you're alone, find somebody that's alone and just share. Because if we're not going to do it as a big body, let's do it individually. Just to get it out. Just to get it out, okay? One minute. If you're watching this on, the po- on uh, streaming or on the podcast, do it right now where you are in your living room. And share where you gave your peace. If you're alone, stand up and find a group. We're just going to take a minute. Share quick and pray. Don't forget to pray for each other real quick. Okay, let's finish up our prayers. Okay, let's stand. Again, Jesus said, my peace I give to you. So, Father God, I pray the peace of God over each and everybody here. I pray, Lord, that they would feel your presence everywhere they walk, that they would eat at your table and be full, that the fullness would be everything they need, the nutrients for the day to walk in peace that surpasses all understanding. No matter what the circumstance, mental, physical, relational, I just pray, Father, that wherever they would go, your peace would transform them, that when they walk into a room, it would transform others. I pray, Father, that they would be seen differently because of the peace that they walk in, that their peace would put them before great people to bring solutions to world problems, that their peace, in a, that their peace would go into chaotic situations and solve problems that never have been solved, to give wisdom into places that need wisdom, Father, I pray that their peace would bring tranquility and transformation to their families, relationship with their parents, their children, their spouse. And Father, most of all, I pray that the, your peace would bring them closer into a relationship of intimacy with you and with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thanks. Hey, a couple of announcements uh, before I let you go. Uh, The book table there's books for sale it's two for one so if you buy one you get one free and then two december 12th will be our first sunday at our new location and it's it's a lot different than this it's going to be smaller and more intimate and so it is there december 12th so i hope y'all um i mean some of you cut your drive shorter some of you it makes it a little longer some of it might be the same but we look forward to it. It's right by the airport. It's not far from the airport, right off the Loop 410. And so it's going to be, for, for me, it's only a five minute drive versus a 20 minute drive. Not that it had anything to do with it. <laughs> anyway, bless you guys. See, yes. Oh, prayer team. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website at kingdomlife.sa.com for more podcasts, updates, and events. Or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a blessed day.